This is a presentation from Narara Valley Baptist Church, a church that's desperate for God and passionate for people. The golden rule. The golden rule. Perhaps you've heard it. It goes something like this. So whatever you wish that others would do to you, do also to them. And I've written a Lewis Standard version just to make sure we get it. How do you want to be treated? Well, do that to others. How do you want to be treated? Well, do that to others. I want to unpack the golden rule tonight, but I want to do it from a framework of uh, talking about some stories from my own life. Uh, Sometimes my sermons can be chaotic. And in fact, before the service, Caleb prayed for my preaching that despite its chaos, it would make sense. Now... I'm going to help all you people in the room who get super freaked out and want to know where I'm going. So tonight I'm going to talk about, let, oh, let's see, will this, will this click or work today? Yep. I'm going to talk about a musician. I'm going to talk about a physio. I'm going to talk about a cleaner. I'm going to talk about a panel beater. I'm going to talk about a manly sea eagle. Sorry if that's not your team, but Dave Moore will definitely be happy. And I'm going to talk about a firefighter. That's what I'm going to talk about tonight. I'm not going to talk about pastors, elders, chaplains, Bible college teachers, rabbis, or spiritual gurus. Because, well, (laughs) despite my best efforts to make the world all about people like me, I believe Christianity is for real people living real lives in the real world. We've done an awesome series about how to take this overflow Jesus has given us and to send it into the world how we can go into our fields, into various places, into our homes, into relationships, into friendships, all these things, and like live from the overflow. And we've heard some great teaching on that. But it is time to live it out. We've got a series coming up uh, on the book of James. And in the book of James, it says something along the lines of uh, people who listen to the word and don't put it into practice are like someone who looks in a mirror, go away and immediately forget what they look like. So for context, like if we don't put this stuff into practice, it would be like me looking at myself in the, in the bathroom mirror in the morning and um, taking it all in, all the, all the black heads and the, the forehead wrinkles and the, the quite wide nose, all the things, and then I have to walk away from the mirror and come up to you and say, I am the most attractive person on the planet. I think you would say to me, Lewis, you need to go back and look at the mirror again, which I would do. That's what it's like if we don't put this stuff into practice. We don't want to look in the mirror and forget what it's like. So I want to talk about real people in my life who have lived from the overflow, who aren't pastors, who aren't spiritual gurus, who are real people. And maybe as I'm telling these stories, you can reflect on people in your own life who have been impactful to you. So whatever you wish that others would do to you, do also to them. I don't need to wish for what others would do for me because there's been people in my life who have done good to me and I want to replicate their lives. I don't need to wish. I know what it's like to have people treat me good in the kingdom and I want to do that for others. First of all, a musician. The musician reminds me of this Bible verse, Acts 1, 8. But you will receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you and you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem and all Judea and Samaria and to the ends of the earth. I don't know if you've seen a picture of the ends of the earth. Now, I'm not a flat earther, although I'm sure we'd attract a lot of interesting people to our church if I was. I'm not a flat earther, but this is a picture of the ends of the earth. This is the ends of the earth. 
This is my hometown, Biloela. <laughs> when I was nine years old, a musician named Dominic Brook came to my hometown. Dominic Brook was a, uh, well, he was a rapper who also rapped with Youth Alive in the days of Christine Kane. I don't know if you know who Christine Kane is, but like when Christine Kane was running Youth Alive in its heyday, Dominic Brook was, was a rapper and he called himself MC Flow. Now he had some great raps on the old Youth Alive albums. They were amazing. Something like, um, let me see if I can do one for you right now. You're going to be shocked at my skill. Um, well, let me tell you something that I've found. I look into my big blue eyes. Don't be looking to the ground. I'm my position. I'm not a magician or a scientist. I'm bigger than Buddha on steroids, and I know you're going to like this. I used to do crime, get in trouble with that crowd. But then I found your way, and my way had to stop. Now come with me, and you will seek, and you will find profound ways to elevate your mind. You know, he set me free. He died for you and me. I never thought it was true, but when he showed me love, yeah, then I knew that he loved me. He made me. He knew me. He saved me. You know, I never knew that he forgot. You get it? Mm. That is... Uh, that is classic MC Flow Dominic Brook, who inspired me when I was nine years old when he came to my hometown. And he ran a, a small organisation while being a uh, prison recreational person at Baxter, Baxter Prison with the juvenile youth running recreational activities. He ran this little organisation on the side called True L Music. And True L Music came to my hometown and ran a music camp. Now, Dominic Brook had the spiritual gift of what I like to call the boom. I don't know if you've ever seen, witnessed someone with the boom, but like he could walk into a room and make that place come alive in an instant. He knew how to get youth in the moment, in the zone. He used to tell me about um, Youth Alive with Christine Kane, and Christine Kane would also always say, everything has to be built on everything else. You've got to walk in, the countdown's got to be loud because you've got to bring the boom, and then the worship's got to bring the boom, and then the host has to bring the boom, and then the game has to bring the boom, and then hopefully if you bring enough boom, they'll actually listen to us when we do the gospel presentation. And that's how you win youth over. And so Dominic Brook was a master at the boom. So he, I remember the first game at nine years old at this music camp at the ends of the earth. This Christian, Dominic Brook, made us all stand in a circle and it was called earn your seat. And to earn your seat, you had to walk into the middle of the circle and you had to play a game called wiggity whack. And you just had to say the words wiggity whack in the most creative way you possibly could, whether you danced it or whether you, did, um, whether you, whether you, whether you sang it at the top of your lungs, whether you, whether you did a ballet interpretation of the wiggity whack. My favourite wiggity whack that I ever saw for someone to earn their seat was they, they went around the circle and they gave everyone a high five and they went wiggity, 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 wiggity. And every time they high five someone, they'd say wiggity. And then at the end they went whack and they earned their seat. That camp changed my life. A, because it was awesome because I never got anything like that in my hometown. B, because for lunch one day they had KFC. And see, because it opened my eyes to people from, that felt like from another planet who were Christians. It wasn't even a Christian charity per se, but who were like living, living the life, working with people, going to the ends of the earth to inspire and to encourage others. Uh, the rest, without that, my, it changed my life. I mean, they eventually changed their name to Musicians Making a Difference, which is a charity on the Central Coast. And the reason I'm on the Central Coast is because they changed my life when I was nine years old. And I knew that I was going to come and take a gap year and work for that charity when I graduated high school. God had other plans and I never left. 
Do you understand? Dominic Brooke goes to the ends of the earth. A musician working in juvenile detention, overflowing with the Spirit. He didn't even need to talk about the gospel, but I caught it. A physio. Now, the physio reminds me of this verse. Be sure to welcome strangers into your home. By doing this, some people have welcomed angels and guests without even knowing it. When I first moved to the Central Coast, there was a board member of that charity, Musicians Making a Difference, and his name was John Riley. We called him um, father of five or father of six. I can't quite remember. The number kept growing. He had lots of children, and he often welcomed new children into his granny flat. And having met me for all of, like, two occasions, he let me live at his house for six months, this physio who had enough means just to open up his home and let me live there for six months. It was amazing. It was amazing. John Riley. Now, I'm not trying to say that I'm an angel, although some have accused me of it. <laughs> but this Bible verse isn't actually about entertaining. It's making a point, be hospitable to strangers. And I was a stranger moving to this. I was a country bumpkin from Billawheela, and I moved to the Central Coast, and he put me in his granny flat, and I could have been any whack job nutcase, and he let me into his home. And without John Riley, I wouldn't be where I am today. When I first moved here, I was determined that I was going to ride my push bike every day to the Lutheran church, which now is in Woiwoi, and that house was in Erina. And I went once. There was about five people there. And they were all about 80 years old. Now, I love the Lutheran church, and I think it's very good. But I don't know if my faith would have flourished and if I would have been connected into a good Christian community. But John Riley invited me to the church he was attending. We attended there together. And for the first seven years on the Central Coast, I attended that church. And that church did a lot of good for me. It surrounded me both Christians and it inspired me to see how the gospel could be energetic. John Riley changed my life. His overflow was as simple as opening his home. A cleaner and a former rabbito, Mikostini. So then as we have opportunity, let us do good to everyone and especially to those who are of the household of faith. I started attending this new church with John Riley and I didn't have a job. When I left my hometown, I had $2,000. I knew I had to save $2,000. If I saved $2,000, well, that was going to do me good. I could live here for... I didn't understand money back then, so <laughs> I thought I could live here forever with $2,000. That was a lot of money to a 17-year-old when I moved to the Central Coast, I tell you what. But there was a cleaner, a man who ran a cleaning business, Bella Cleaning, Mick Ostini, and he ran a cleaning business, and he decided he was going to give me a go at cleaning uh, when I first moved to the Central Coast. And I cleaned Fountain Plaza, and, um, you know, Fountain Plaza with the big fountain where everyone puts the soap suds every weekend, that place. I used to help clean that. It was, it was chaos. I remember changing the bins there every Every time the rats would have eaten through those bin bags, you were getting it all over your clothes. It was everywhere. It was a mess. I counted one time. I had to clean 32 toilets every morning. I cleaned for four hours a day. But he gave me a shot. Now, this is what I want to tell you. I'm pretty good at public speaking. I am not good at cleaning. They would try to tell me, Lewis, you have to see the room with fresh eyes. I was like, this, this looks clean to me. Apparently not. I also learned during that time that the female bathrooms are often messier than the male bathrooms, so take that. But that's just a, 
side note of information. Mick Ostini gave me a go two weeks into living here, a random. I was part of his church and he found an opportunity for me to make some income so that I could continue to live here. Even if he knew as a 17-year-old I wasn't going to be the best cleaner out there. He gave me a chance. He gave me a shot. In fact, I'm certain there would have been mistakes I made and he would have cleaned up after me all of those mistakes. Do you know what I mean? Because he gave me a chance. He gave me a shot. He looked after someone in the household of faith. After two weeks, overflowing from the love of Jesus that he feels. I've told this story before, but in a little while in, I got to have the company car, which was a really, really, really old ute, so old that it had the gears on the handlebars, stick shift or something they call that. Is that what they call that? Stick shift. And I remember he was teaching me how to drive the stick shift and the big lights at um, Erina, where you can turn and go to Bado Bay or you can turn and go, you know, into Erina Fair or you can turn and go down the, the main street. And I remember I was just trying to get it into first gear, trying to get it into first gear. Do you know when it got into first gear? Right when the light turned red. And we ran that red light and Mikostini was a spiritual man and he was speaking in tongues. <laughs> he gave me a shot. He gave me a go, living from the overflow of Jesus. I actually want to get Mick to come and speak at our church at some point because he has a phenomenal testimony about his time playing um, NRL and how God really changed his life out of that in an environment that was not so healthy, at least back in that day, prior to all the drug tests, I guess. A panel beater. Whatever you do, work heartily as for the Lord and not for men knowing that from the Lord you'll receive the inheritance as your reward. You are serving the Lord Christ. There was a panel beater named Grant Frankham. And at this time I was living in Terrigal and I had to park my car uh, in the, you know, the big community car park where, you know, everyone that's going to the beery and everyone that's going and drinking on a Saturday night is also parking their car. And I was about to go to Hillsong Conference I was very excited for it. And I was like, and I was just, I was praying that God was going to speak to me at Hillsong Conference. I was getting ready. And like a couple of nights before the Hillsong Conference started, so the Hillsong Conference must have started on the Monday, but on the Saturday before then, my car was parked in the community car park. And I walked out to my car. And this is a good, I'm in a good season. Everything's going good. It's going smooth. I'm about to go to Hillsong Conference and it's going to change my life. Everything's going good. And I walked up to my car and it just looked different. As I got closer and closer, I realised that someone had kicked in the side of my door and someone had ripped off the spoiler off my 2004 Toyota Corolla, which I don't know why it needs a spoiler. I mean, that thing's going to stick to the ground no matter what. But they had ripped off the spoiler and smashed it on the ground a bunch of times and just left the spoiler there, wires hanging everywhere, door kicked in, no... I, 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 was, I tried to go to the police. I was like, the community car park, is there cameras or something? It's like, well, there's not a camera face in that car. There's nothing we can do. What do I do now? I need this car to go to your song conference. The next Sunday, Grant Frankham, panel beater at the church I was attending, says, bring it over to my house. I can fix that up on the weekend. And so I take my car to him and he spends a day with my car and he fixes the door, and he reattaches the spoiler. He didn't have to do that. 
I didn't like go and I didn't go to the pastor and complain. I didn't put it in the newsletter. I didn't have to put it in the community. He just heard somehow and came and offered to fix my car from the overflow of God's love. He did his job heartily as for the Lord and not for men, knowing that from the Lord you will receive the inheritance as your reward. You were serving the Lord Christ. He was serving the Lord Christ. A manly sea eagle. Mm, Not a lot of moans. Also not a lot of cheers. Who do you go for, Phil Mackey? You go for them. Excellent, excellent. Some reason a lot of manly sea eagle fans. I'm trying to figure out what NRL team to go for at the moment. I just can't decide. Probably going to end up with the Broncos because it's a you know, Queensland thing, but there's a lot of good teams out there and Panthers are winning, so why don't I just choose them? (laughs) Okay. Then the righteous will answer him, Lord, when did we see a stranger needing clothes and clothe you? The king will reply, I tell you the truth, whatever you did for one of the least of these brothers of mine, you did for me. That's paraphrased because I cut out a bunch of the surrounding stuff about drinks of water and visiting people in prison, but this is what I want to focus on right now. A manly sea eagle uh the rookie of the year played 12 games scored five tries the rookie of the year in 2000 and something can't remember what year that was um uh Tavita Funa or something like that is that right Craig does that sound right me and Craig went on a on a on a retreat with Nawi Baptist Church to Kayama Ridge and uh Craig was preaching up a storm and I was just going along to sit there and smile and boy was it good it was a lot of fun And there was this footy player there, Rookie of the Year. And uh, we were standing outside at some point in the freezing cold. It would have been about this time of the year. And he was the nicest dude I have ever met. He was so unbelievably nice. Now, I don't know a thing about football or NRL. I think perhaps that made him like me a little bit more because I wasn't pestering him about manly the whole weekend. So we got to talk a lot. I remember sitting with him outside, eating breakfast, all these different sorts of things. He was just a good dude. And one day, I forgot to bring a jacket because my name's Lewis, and if you know me, you'd understand why I would forget to bring a jacket. And I'm shivering. And he sees me, and he says, I'm going to go get you a hoodie. And so he goes to his bag, and he comes back with a hoodie. And I'm thinking, oh, great, he's going to let me borrow his hoodie. And uh, nice fella. And it was, a, it was a Christian hoodie. It said, says the way, the truth, the life. Maybe you've seen me wear it. And then at the end of the night, I'm like, oh, sweet. Oh, bro, can I give you back? And he was like, no, 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 keep it. I was like, I've got hoodies at home. Please let me give you back your, please let me give you back your jumper, man. He was like, no, 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 I just want you to keep it. I didn't wash it for a long time because he was not only a good football player, he also had one of the best colognes I've ever smelt in my life. <laughs> <laughs> I really should message him on Instagram, ask what it was, because boy, did that hoodie smell good. Sadly, it's been washed since then. From the overflow of the goodness of God, he was just lending a friend a hoodie. And from the overflow of the goodness of God, he was letting me keep it. And I love wearing it. And it reminds me of the goodness of God. And a firefighter. Carry each other's burdens, and in this AU will fulfill the law of Christ. Galatians 6.2. We all go through hard times. I've been through hard times myself. And a few years back, 
well, I guess it felt like I was in a bit of a burning building, probably because I left the gas on, metaphorically. And I had to take some time off here. And during that season, I felt like I was in my metaphorical burning building because I probably left the gas on. I needed some people to support me. Who better to support you getting out of a burning building than a firefighter? And I remember this firefighter, part of our church, pretty much met me at the gym every single day. And we would lift weights, which is also not something I'm particularly great at, but I was willing to put in the work. And he would talk to me, and he would be there for me, and he would do whatever it took, whether it meant meeting for burgers or learning to deadlift. And I remember during that season when I was having some time off from here, we would joke in the middle of the gym about how good is it to be in church. Just a couple of brothers doing life together, carrying each other's burdens. Because sometimes when we go through a hard season, we need people who know how to face fear when we can't face it ourselves. And so the firefighter helped me. Lots and lots of people in my life who have done things for me. So whatever you wish that others would do to you, do also to them. All of these people overflowing with the goodness of God, blessing me. What can I do for others? What can you do for others? Can you be like, can you be like the musician? Can you go to the ends of the earth, places no one else is going, to encourage and bring light and joy and passion? Can you be like the physio? Well, you've just got a normal job as a physio, but you're pretty well off, and it means you can open your home to strangers. I want to be someone that's able to open my home to strangers. Or could you be like, uh, well, <laughs> any, of, any of these ones. Could you be like, could you be like the, 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 the cleaner? Can you create opportunities in your line of work for others who need a shot? Can you create opportunities for people in our community of faith who are struggling and in need? Heaven knows that I will not leave this place without pushing for the idea of interns because I want to create opportunities for people in the kingdom and in our household of faith. Can you do that? I don't know, in your, in your space. Or could you be like the, the panel beater? You've got some skills that other people don't have. Uh, I think the best people in our churches are the mechanics, panel beaters, electricians, plumbers, all those sorts of things because I tell you what, you're in high demand I can, I can tell you about the scriptures, but if you've got a clogged toilet, don't come to me. Hey, can you be like the panel beater? Can you be like the manly seagull? Do you have a wealth of clothes that you can lend and share and give away? Or could you simply be like the firefighter? Can you stand beside your brothers and sisters when they're going through a hard time? Whether it's a hard time caused by themselves or others. Who could you be like? And who in your life has inspired you? Not a pastor, a preacher, a rabbi. Who in your life has inspired you? Normal, everyday Christians. Without some of these people, I would not be here. 
normal, everyday people. And without them, I wouldn't be where I'm standing now. It makes me look out into this room and I see a bunch of normal, everyday people. And I'm going to put myself in that box too because that's how I see myself, a normal, everyday person. What can we do for the kingdom? I do want to add a disclaimer. If you were in the room and you're an atheist, right now you should be asking, well, these just seem like top blokes. Can't anyone do this stuff? Non-Christians do this stuff all the time. I guess that's true. A lot of the people on this list were just top blokes. You know, good everyday Australians. What makes them any different from a good everyday Australian? Like, Lewis, you're telling us it's about Christ- Christianity. You're telling us it's because they're overflowing from the Spirit. What makes it... Well, I'll tell you what makes... A few reasons. One, none of these people ever ask for thanks or recognition. Not one of them. They wanted the glory to go elsewhere. They didn't want it for themselves. They weren't being good people just for the sake of it. Two, I would argue that the reason we have a lot of good Aussie blokes and a lot of good Aussie Sheila, are you allowed to say Sheilas? I don't know, is that allowed? Is that wrong? No one's given me any facial expressions, so I'll just delete that from the recording. <laughs> is because I do believe that our country and a lot of the countries in the West are built on Judeo-Christian and uh, uh, beliefs and cultures and all these sorts of things. You know, we know that charity was started by Christianity, hospitals started by Christianity, schools, education started by Christianity in the West. And so it's important to remember that our country is based on those values set by uh, Christianity. And uh, if you were in India, where there is a caste system, or if you were in other Eastern countries with uh, karma, it would be a bit more like um, do good, good happens, do bad, bad happens. Almost like a sense of fear. Or if you live in a caste system, it would be like you cannot help the poor because the poor deserve it due to their past life. Do you understand? So our Western culture is actually built on the Christian values that these countries were built on. So that's point two. And point three is that all of these people didn't just bring me closer to them. All of these people bring me closer to God. And that was the outcome. I get to stand here and do what I do because these people brought me closer to God, not just to them and not just to be in a better place. So that is my little disclaimer. I would like to take just one minute for you to sit. And I want you to think about one person in your life who's not a pastor, who's not a preacher, who's not an elder, who's not a missionary or a chaplain. I want you to think of one person in your life, a Christian, who has impacted your life just doing the everyday things that they do. Can I give you one minute to consider that? Just have a think. I might invite Josh up and the band. Have you got someone? Do unto others as you want done to you. Whatever that person did for you, the ways they impacted your life from the overflow of God's goodness. May you this week 
and for the rest of your life, go into the world and do that for others. Amen. This has been a presentation from Narara Valley Baptist Church, a church that's desperate for God and passionate for people. To continue the conversation, we invite you to join us Sundays at 9.30am and 5pm or on our website at www.nvbc.info.